Get ready for a journey into the heart of Bridgeport politics with In Absentia, a new podcast from Connecticut Public's investigative team, The Accountability Project. Learn about the city's past and present political dysfunction and the systems that enable it. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts. Funding provided by Joe Zimmel and Valerie Friedman. Support comes from FoodWorks Natural Market, your local full-service organic and natural food store, offering health and wellness programs and a variety of vegan and vegetarian selections. Located in Guilford, Old Saybrook, and Cheshire, information at food-works.org. Faith here with a welcome toast. It was Irma Bombeck who said, I wanted for Christmas what Phyllis Diller always wanted. An oven that flushed. Please feel free to consume this show podcast in small bites or eat the whole thing. I'm Faith Middleton. Thank you so much for being with the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze Party. And we are on the road with this Food Schmooze, right, guys? Yeah, there we Um, go. Road trip. All somebody had to do was tell us that we could cook on the appliances at Clark Kitchen Showroom in Norwalk, Connecticut. And we did we hit the road? I I put one of the the steam ovens in my trunk. There's like like 50 kitchens here, (laughs) and they're all live. I know. Well, you can tell from the sound of this broadcast that we're in a different space, which is kind of fun for us. We are surrounded by appliances right now. The tables are set. The wine glasses are lined up for this special holiday edition of the show. CPTV is here to shoot this so you can see as we talk about these recipes and to engineer this. Larry Reming is here from CPTV to engineer this, and we're so grateful. We have what we call the knockout presentation, crusted Provencal beef tenderloin served on a square of puff pastry and then drizzled with a red wine sauce. So it drizzles across the meat and falls down into the puff pastry. And what is in that zest? You're going to hear about coriander and orange zest and garlic and salt. And then crazy delicious, these little puff pastry squares that are from the supermarket, by the way. Is this a four-step recipe? You can do so much ahead of time, almost all of it. We have the perfect holiday wines. We're going to learn how to use a convection setting on your oven, if you have one, to make Cookie Queen Dory Greenspan's Christmas Spice Sugar Cookies. Mm. Uh, All the recipes, the wine names, everything you need at our website, as always, foodschmooze.org. You don't need to be a chef or a super cook to make our recipes. This is one delicious lineup coming your way. And Chris has done a mashed potato that is one half potatoes and one half mashed squash. So good. And one half butter or olive oil. See, and you didn't even know there was squash in it because I didn't didn't tell you, Alex. Yeah, I didn't know either. That was delicious. Trickster. Let's go we've got the wines lined up in front of us we've got glasses across the table so we're excited about those but let's start with the crusted the provencal crusted beef tenderloin 
First of all, you go to the butcher and you say, would you clean up this tenderloin for me? Yeah. Because sure, you can do that yourself, but I find it a lot easier if somebody else does the, Holding. what do you call it, Chris? Yeah, the, trimming, cleaning. The silver skin. Yeah, the silver whatever. skin has skin. to be removed. Some of the fat has to be trimmed off it. Some of the sinew that's on the outside needs mm -hmm. to be cleaned. And again, yes, you can do it yourself, but if you get it from a butcher or even like a Stu Leonard's where you buy it, you hand it back to them, they hand it back to you and magic, it's a cleaned. Bo a box store, yeah. let's say. That yeah. has a butcher counter. That was a okay. beautiful yeah. tenderloin that you have. Yeah. So here's the thing. We have these videos of all of us making these things. You'll see us tasting the wines. You'll see us talking about what's great about them. They're at all different price points. So it's either a host gift wine or whatever. And you see how to make this tenderloin in four simple steps. Chris, let's say we've gotten the beef tenderloin from the butcher. It's all cleaned up and ready to go. Now comes, what are you crusting it with on the outside? First, you coat it with a little olive oil. Yeah, and I rub that in, right? So kind of yeah. massage it in. Mm -hmm. So drizzle it over the top right out of the bottle, mm -hmm. put it on the meat, and just sort of massage it all the way around and it. And that made it Kobe beef. Yeah, there you yeah. go. <laughs> you give it a nice little massage. massage. Yeah. Call it spa <laughs> beef, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay, so oil is in there. Now comes this, you can do in little containers yeah. all these spices ahead if you want. So Ready? we made up our own because here's the trick. Herbe de Provence is something that was started in the 1970s by spice companies that were doing spices in jars. And oh, they thought, funny. oh, we can turn this into a thing. The real tradition of Herbe de Provence is that French mothers were in their villages. Everybody was very proud of the mixture of spices that they designed, that they chose mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to rub on the outside of beef or duck or whatever they chose, chicken. Right, right. So it became a kind of wild collection in the spice world, you know, th corporate world with lavender and all these kind Got of crazy things. No, yeah. we're doing for taste only, texture and taste. When you bite into this, you just say, Oh. oh, yeah. Okay, and Chris, right, let's right? talk about what we came and up with. And they smelled so good even before oh. we even oh, got yeah. to it. And oh. as you were mixing it, the, oh. the aromas were just coming out You'll of the bowl. You'll see the video, yeah. fuchmus.org. All right, okay. ready? We started with parsley. So yep. good bunch of parsley. Chop it up nice and fine. Get that fresh in the parsley. bowl. Fresh parsley. Then fresh thyme, a decent amount, and then fresh rosemary. So those are our herbs, right? All and fresh. Then, yeah, all fresh. And then we took some dried spices, coriander, and a lot of cor uh, dried coriander, and I cracked it. a big bowl of that. Yeah, a big bowl of it. And I cracked it under a pan. So basically, I put it on a cutting board. I covered it in plastic, and then I just cracked it mm. with a heavy bottom pan to get it split. Mm. Then I put that in the bowl. Fennel seed came next, and I did the same thing. I cracked that in the bowl, and then saw Salt, pepper, a citrus. Few, yeah, and a few cloves of garlic, and then orange rind that we zested oh, with the rasp. Oh, a good amount. So good. Like three oh. oranges worth. Oh, yeah. Can I tell you <laughs> that that orange zest uh -huh. off those oranges is yeah. the key to this? The Chinese really knew thousands yeah. of years ago that orange zest was a gorgeous thing and paired it with beef and that's what this is kind of forward with so that orange zest you know you just scrape it and put it in there and 
So all that got dumped into a bowl, right? Alex, you handled that. it around, got it all incorporated. Yeah. It was smelling so delicious. And then, Chris, you put it on yeah, that beef tenderloin. Patted lunches. it on there. It's a lot, but You're I like liberal you just with cake it. it on there, mm. underneath it, all sides, in the little cracks, Four everywhere. Sides. Yeah, just roll it in it and just get it all coated. And if there's a little bit left over, and just take it around the edges, because as it bakes, that gets crispy, and it's like little cracklings you can put on top. This Heaven. is our <laughs> special holiday dinner. Do you remember that last year we had Lydia Bastiana, John? It was the launch of the new food schmooze, and we had a holiday special for you. This time we've created something original to the food schmooze, and that is a Provencal crusted beef tenderloin sitting on a square of puff pastry that you get in the supermarket and can be made ahead four simple steps and so much of this is all do ahead so we've got the beef we covered it with oil so that the exterior stuff sticks now we've got chris and alex describing it it gets patted on and then into the oven it goes and we did 450 degrees in a preheated oven for about seven minutes just to get it seared and then we turned it down and then let it road till we got about 125 in the So let me say something. You know, you're thinking, where does this come in that you have this puff pastry? You know, (laughs) I mean, that sounds so exotic. People think, I don't know how to make puff pastry. You don't have to, because if you go to the supermarket Mm -hmm. refrigerator section in a package, it is sitting right there. Chris, explain how to do this. Yeah, so I, I get a package of puff pastry from the supermarket, and it's a little square box cute little thing. It's like rolled, right? Yeah, it's, and it, the, the sheet sort of folded three times over or four times over, so kind of rolled. So I, what I did, I take it out of the uh, refrigerator, and I let it come to room temperature, and it's easier to unroll. So I unroll it onto a cutting board, and then I cut it into eight equal pieces. So I cut it in half, and then a half again, and those in half, and I ended up with eight Just perfect, perfect little, little rectangles. And then yeah. you put those on a sheet pan. With a little parchment it, paper down first. Parchment paper yeah. or a silk Sil- pad, pad sure, that works great too. Uh, silicone liner, yep. we mean. Yep. And um, so, say parchment paper, and then you just put each one down, yep. and then the key is your fork. Yeah, pricked it with a fork, so it made little like fork in marks each in it. Square. Yeah. yeah, and it made about like what a dozen. What does that do? It, it makes it so, like, when you bake it, if you bake it blind like that, it'll puff right up. It'll actually end up being like four or five inches tall. <laughs> so it becomes this big thing. So if you prick it with a fork, it sort of makes it so it doesn't puff so hot. So, so it's so about an inch? Yeah, yeah, yeah about an it inch. puffs about an inch. And yeah. if you didn't do the fork, Thing it could puff, puff all the way up, and doesn't it go to golden brown? Oh, it was gorgeous, yeah. beautiful. and I didn't butter it, I didn't egg yolk it, I didn't do you anything, did nothing. Just, yeah, 400 but it's, degree oven it's done. made with butter in it, so yeah. that's a beautiful yeah. thing, Oops. right? Would there. butter hurt it? <laughs> no, no. It so, what comes out of the oven on yeah. that sheet pan are these squares, mm-hmm. these buttery squares. Of, they were perfect, of, they're light, they're flaky, yeah, they're perfect. And you can set those aside at room temperature for it seems like ever. Oh, I, <laughs> would, do out the, there. I would do them the day before. That's one of those pieces I would totally do the day before. And where would you keep I'd them? I put overnight. them in an airtight container or a bread box or whatever in a container where it's no humidity. You mean with a lid on? Yeah, with a lid on them, and they'd be fine for a couple days. See Somewhere what I mean where you about wouldn't the be tempted to eat them. You yeah. can do your spice mixture. I do ahead. Time, put it in the refrigerator. Yeah. Your your beef can sit in there yeah, uh, day. a day ahead. Mm-hmm. The puff pastry yeah. can be baked off yep, and then and sit in a, a con- covered container yep. to the next day. So mm-hmm. you see how all this comes together yep. now. 
know, the wine sauce, here's what happens. Mm. You slice up the tenderloin. It comes mm. out of the oven. Mm. The beef tenderloin, it's crusted Provencal, mm -hmm. and it is a really crunchy, crispy exterior with, with orange zest and all so those... So much like, aromatics. I was eating it as a condiment. I was taking the slices and actually <laughs> taking a spoon and those little bits that was off it. So I know. Okay, the way we choose to do it here on the Food Schmooze, and you'll see this on the video at foodschmooze.org, plus all the recipes we're talking about, we put down the square of puff pastry first. Then we slice that crusty tenderloin, and we put one, two, depending on how thick you slice, three slices across the top of oh. that puff pastry. And then comes the wine sauce. Yeah. You think, oh, that must be hard. You can do this ahead, too. How oh, easy yeah. is this? Oh my gosh, it was, and again, this mm. can be done a couple days ahead. I took wine, I put it in a pan, I reduced it by half, I took a regular... Simmer. Simmer. Simmer, on yeah, on a simmer, just reduce it by yeah. half, and then I took a box of regular beef broth that I got at the grocery store, Kitchen Basic was the brand, I dumped that right in. We have brought, the recipe. Yeah, brought it to a simmer, and then uh, thickened it with cornstarch, and then hit it with a little bit of Worcestershire sauce, a little bit of balsamic vinegar, some black pepper, and a nub of butter. Yeah, not, touch not too much. And better. a touch yeah. of honey. Just a touch, because there's yeah. a touch of Worcestershire yeah. in there, too. Yeah. It gives it a complexity. And then, mm, you know, yeah. Chris just stirred it with the whisk. Yep. And it was ready to go, and we drizzled it over the beef, which is sitting on top of the puff oh, yeah. pastry. What happens? That sauce goes into the meat. Then it slides oh, down and it was goes like beef into the puff yeah. pastry. It's like deconstructed. That's it was. Really it was. Without that's where all the work. From, from right. right? That was right. where we if started. If you served that at dinner, you, people would have thought, you made beef Wellington. Yeah. It's the same. And I think the wow, better, the easy. wow it's factor. It's easy but elegant. It it does. It looks so wow when you see it on the and plate. And it looks like you worked really hard. Yeah. <laughs> no. I love so it. The like... way you sliced it, those three beautiful slices, yeah. sort of the way you lay it like a chef does, it looked perfect. Yeah, yeah. It's called shingle. So you put one piece, then you another piece, and then it's so easy. So you're, you're going to see this. I'm excited about this video, the crew from CPTV. I'm excited because, and produced by Robin, you can see how simple it is to make this dazzling holiday meal. Or maybe you're having friends over for the weekend. Um, I, I just wanted to give you a heads up that in our next segment, we're going to do these three special wines for the show at different price points, which can be used either if you've got a party coming and you want $10 a bottle, we've got it, and it's awesome. We've got um, two special host gift wines or a special evening with your friends at around $25 a bottle. These are gorgeous wines, all at our website, foodschmooze.org. And later on in the show, because the Food Schmooze is on the road, we're at Clark Kitchen Showroom in South Norwalk, Connecticut, surrounded by... I just can't even describe to you how many <laughs> gorgeous appliances and settings and cabinets and faucets and, it's you know, kitchen, it's, it's all in wonderland. these, these yeah. scenes. And they and all work. We yeah. just thought it would be fun because their thing is they invite you to come with your food or their chefs yeah, will provide I'm it. Sure and you try trying. out. Yeah. They don't even sell things here. You try out the appliances mm -hmm. and the cabinets and whatever and think, do I like this? Do I like this yeah. setup? Do I like the island here? 
It's amazing it's to, to do. Yeah. We were just, we thought, oh yeah, we're all about this. So this is where we decided to make our holiday meal. I need 10 kitchens. <laughs> I need a lot of kitchens. <laughs> one gets dirty, you go to the next you one. You just go to the next one. I like a dessert served in the third kitchen. <laughs> they, do, they probably have five or six full kitchens. Dishwashers that one. Yeah. Skip yeah. that one. <laughs> you know those progressive dinner parties? Yeah. Ours, ours could be like the progressive kitchen party. Oh, there you yeah. go. Like, one kitchen to the next. It is a beautiful facility. Everyone um, should come down and visit. So, so just for fun, in our third segment, wines are next, but in our third segment, you're going to hear us taking a, a little tour of what's new in one sector of the sort of appliance uh, kitchenware setup to just see how that works. And we're going to talk about also in this next segment the difference between convection oven cookies and regular oven cookies. How do you do that? And we're using Dory Greenspan, one of the queens of dessert. Dory Greenspan's Christmas spice cookie recipe. We have that on the Food Schmooze website too. Foodschmooze.org. Okay, don't go anywhere. We're going to make you very, very hungry. We've got your holidays all set up, whether it is Christmas or Hanukkah, whatever it might be. We are there for you. We've got all kinds of suggestions. It's a really fun time of year for us and one of the busiest times of year for our website, foodschmooze.org. Don't forget to make a charitable contribution to Feed the Hungry, and we'll be right back. I said Merry Christmas, baby. The Faith Middleton food schmooze on the road. That means the gang. We all jumped in our cars and we have traveled from our New Haven studios to South Norwalk, Connecticut, to the Clark Kitchen showroom because we heard that you can bring food, which we did. (laughs) Anyone can do this. It's not just that we can do this, you know, to try out the appliances, the configurations. Just see what you want to do. So we brought all kinds of things. And that's why it sounds kind of boomy in here. <laughs> We're in a space that is filled with people. We've got our tech people here. In fact, this is a little extra noise because what we've got going overhead right now is an airplane <laughs> over the building, which I think is hilarious. And I'm not flying it. I yeah. don't even know why. I don't know where the airport is. We're on is. the approach. Okay. So, so here's what we're doing. We're doing our holiday special of... Of the year, and we've got these special wines coming up. We're going to talk about Chris's one half squash, one half mashed potato uh, kind of casserole that is Yum. so delicious. And then we're going to take a walk around to see what's new in the appliance world. We're going to have a little tour. Mm. So if you like to cook or to eat or, or hear what's new, this is going to be exciting. We're going to talk about cookies. 
what's the difference between baking in a regular oven and a convection oven? Mm -hmm. On the website right now, we have a video explaining that. And we're using Dory Greenspan's Christmas Spice Cookie Recipe. These are sugar cookies that are killer delicious. I am with my food buddies, Alex Province, wine broker, senior contributor, senior contributor, uh, Mark Raymond, who's also a wine broker, and Chris Prosperi, senior contributor of Metro Beast Restaurant, co-owner in uh, Simsbury, Connecticut. Of course, the senior producer is Robin Doyon Aiken, and uh, Larry Reming is our audio engineer today for this on-the-road show. Let's get to the wines, the exciting thing. We have wines that you can use... If you've got a crowd, $10 a bottle, or you want to make a host gift presentation or a gift wine to anyone, mm-hmm. we've got two that are around $25. If it's just you and another person and you can spring for that, good for you. They are delicious. But I got to say, this $10 bottle also drinks like a $20 yeah, bottle of wine. Don't be afraid to bring this to somebody's house either. Okay. It's wholesome and real, so don't be afraid. I, I mean, know. It's like the real so, thing. Okay. Mark Raymond, we're going to start with your $10 bottle. Ah, this Santa is Carolina. Santa. It looks like Carolina to the rest of us, <laughs> but it is in the Spanish pronunciation, Santa Carolina. So call it Santa. Yes. Carolina. Santa, Santa Carolina. Carolina. <laughs> Marco Raimondo. Tell me. <laughs> so this is a Cabernet Sauvignon, essentially. It is. It is. And it's a reserve. It is. $10. Chris, can I pour that for (laughs) you? Yes, please. (laughs) One of the oldest wineries. There you go. Look at the color. It's beautiful. Deep, deep ruby. Okay, tell me, uh, we're swirling this in our glasses just to release aromas so that because it's the aroma up your nose that really Mm. makes your taste explode. Mm, So that's why we like to do that. Mm. Mm. Let me tell you, the first, we've got a video of this, the first three sips of a wine on any given evening or a beer. Hmm. Uh, you're going to find that that's where the most flavor is. That's how the palate works. So yeah. this first taste is just, this is just food friendly. Mark, tell me about this. So this Cabernet is from Chile, as we said. And what I love about this is the, the fruit that you get immediately. You get fruit in the nose. You get things like violet. Well, you get flowers, but then you also get like black raspberry, cassis, just kind of pop. And then you get this onto the palate and the fruit just livens up the acidity the brightness and it just kind of gives you a great little sensation in your mouth it exhilarates your palate that's a great great description if you're having a crowd for the holidays the great thing is that you can find a wine like this at this price point I didn't Chile hear the price point. how much Chile is an amazing bargain in terms of their wines. And Mark, we've talked about this before. You said this is all handmade the old-fashioned way in Chile. Correct. All hand-harvested and then made at the winery that has been there since 1875. This Santa Carolina or Santa Carolina, depending on your your (laughs) persuasion. Um, In 2015, they won the award for New World Winery of the Year. It's really pretty, pretty cool. So we have it on the website, foodschmooze.org. Can I just say cheers Cheers. to everybody? everybody. Bring your glasses right over here. Cheers, everybody. Cheers, cheers. Well, that's beautiful. Foodschmooze.org. Don't forget schmooze is spelled like school, S-C-H. Schmooze, people. Schmooze. 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 Okay, now we're going to go to 
This wine that our wine broker, Alex Province, found for us, I said, if we're doing this beef tenderloin, any of these wines would work with it. You know, what if you got, and he said, well, you're talking about Provence. Let's go to the Rhone region. And so this is called... Chaison, that's the name of the wine. And can I just spell it like, yeah, like sure. romper room? Yeah. Can I do the, can I do the um, romper room thing? So it's C-H-E-Y-S-S-O-N. But it's all, we have the pictures yeah. and everything online. And even a video of this, thanks to CPTV's crew at foodschmooze.org. You'll see us tasting, you'll see us giving you a very fast lesson on how easy it is to make that beef and the puff pastry, and there you go. And how to make an omelet, people. Oh, yeah. At fushmoose.org. Right. So anybody say, where did the do... omelets go? Oh, okay, they were good. So, so tell me this. This sure. is like the queen, the queen oh, I of, like that. of Beaujolais. You know what I mean? Yeah. Beaujolais Nouveau that comes out around the first of the year is, you know, it's young. It's kind of, you know, it's, it's fine. This, it's, when Beaujolais is done beautifully, uh, it's organic. It's unbelievable. It drinks, like, it drinks like a Grand Cru Burgundy. It's just really fine, yeah, really yeah. elegant. Yeah, so Beaujolais, Cru Beaujolais, there's 10 villages. This is one of the 10 villages. So on the label, you'll see this big cherub. But the producer is Chaison. The grape is actually Gamay, but it tastes like Pinot Noir. This is one of my most favorite bottles of wine. Mm. When you drink it, it's velvety smooth. The color, even pouring it, has this, like, because it's partially carbonic maceration, the color is really intense. Really bright. It never touched oxygen. It was in CO2. And so it it prevents (laughs) it. So it's in a closed tank. And so you you get this color in notes of, like, strawberry. Mm. Um, So Cru Beaujolais, if you've never had it, you should try it. So it's elegant. It has structure so that it goes with all kinds of foods. Just like a Pinot Noir. It would go with pate and chicken and turkey. The best description for this is just yummy. (laughs) Yes. All right. Here's our third wine. And Chris, let me pour this right (laughs) into your glass. This is a wine that I, Mark, what do we say? You call this a cult wine? (laughs) It is a cult wine. (laughs) because, um, this is a cult wine in Connecticut. This is Museum Reserva. So just like the word, Museum Reserva. It is from Spain, and it is also one of my favorite wines. As many people know, we have sold out the wines on the show many, many times, but this one, of course, and it is tasting better than ever. And what would you say around how much a bottle? Oh, $20 a bottle. I have it in my glass right now. You've, you folks have got it. And this is 2010, and I love that kind of, believe me, when I say fruit forward, I don't mean sweet. It's got fruit forward and yeah. yet a little bit of spice back note so that it's great with food. By law, there's no sugar in these Spanish wines. So they have right. less than four grams. Yeah. So they're bone dry, but you get that barrel, that sweet barrel smell. Mm. I get black I, cherry. I get black plum. Cherry, black cherry. I get vanilla. Mm-hmm. It's just... Knockout. Absolutely knockout. So, this is Museum Reserva. This is a Reserva. sexy wine. This is what that These is. are all great wines. <laughs> so Chaison or the Museum Real or the Santa Carolina, all at foodschmooze.org. Pictures of the labels. We have a video of us tasting them. Quickly, let's go to Dory Greenspan's oh, yeah. Christmas Spice cookies her dough she has a new cookbook and we're going to have her Mm. on the show but these cookies are so amazing chris can you explain the difference between if you have a convection oven i do Mm -hmm. and i never turn it on i am mortified to tell you you. use that setting and now after this trip here to clark 
I will. It's just the only adjustment yeah. is I have to reduce the temperature that is instructed to me by 25 degrees. That's it. So... So if you were to do these cookies in regular bake, you would do them, the recipe calls for 350 for about 18 minutes. And if you have a convection bake, you do that at 325, so you'd lower it 25, 25 degrees, degrees right? and it goes a little bit faster. We did these cookies here for about mm, so 14 good. minutes, oh my God. and the color is what you notice the difference. They brown lightly oh. and evenly, and with the regular oven, you have to spin them, Right? You mm -hmm. rotate them rack for rack, mm -hmm. you spin them side to side, mm -hmm. and with a convection a lot bake, of work. you never have to touch them. It's the almost like a, um, that you get. Like yeah. a butter biscuit. Like yeah. A, it's unbelievable. And the difference was the mealiness in the one baked in the regular oven. It's like, it's like a shortbread. Yeah. Here's my yeah. theory. Yeah. Anybody can make a sugar cookie. Dory Greenspan knows that. And so she said, mm. I'm going to make the best sugar cookie, spice sugar cookie you've ever had. And, and I think spice, she has yeah. achieved she has it. She definitely It is phenomenal. And we are lucky. We have that recipe at our, mm. our site, foodschmooze.org. Are these mm. killer good? Killer good. Absolutely wow. incredible. I think I've had five. <laughs> <laughs> You're taking the rest home. I, I, I see it's like, I'll take those in the car. <laughs> I don't even want to admit <laughs> um, where did they all go? <laughs> it's like... But the spice oh is so God. gentle, but it's yeah. it just it's there. Dory is the, it, and the queen lasting, of cookies, just, mm. I think, right? Oh, my God. Yeah. She is amazing. And she knows how to do both sweet and savory cookies mm. for wine tastings. Yeah. You know, she's really just, well, she's terrific at, I think, anything she does. So we've certainly had her on the show many, many times, and you will hear her shortly um, on the show. So we've got a platter on the table. I <laughs> In the really middle. Am away. <laughs> I, Mark, I, I, yeah. I, I can't reach them. I, yeah. I, I encourage you to use your convection mm -hmm. oven. Yeah. All you have to do is adjust downward by 25 yep. degrees. You don't have to in. be shifting pans, turning pans. It's unbelievable. Speed stuff way up, right? Speed evenly. Yeah. And e it's the even cooking is the key. And it's not though. just well, baking. It. Yeah. It's and you don't have to go in and thing. out of the oven. That's the other thing. The temperature doesn't vary because you keep the oven closed until the cookies are done. We have have the switch and never turn it on. I right. need to remember. Should, yeah. I do, yeah. too. And right? you use it I'm, for one like, year. I'm afraid. Oh, I don't even know what to do with it. Do it when you when you do this tenderloin. Do it yeah. under convection, and you'll be amazed at the difference. And it crisps Juicier, stuff up just as well. Just down right? by twenty five. Just down by twenty five. What happens is that it cooks so evenly. So mm. with convection, mm -hmm. there's there are fans in the yeah. oven that are turning on, and mm -hmm. the heat is circulating around yeah. the cooked item or the, or the sheet pan. Yes. Going around and around and around, and that explains the even cooking. Like a superheated blow dryer in the back. Yeah, well, I guess, yeah, Yeah, definitely. like that. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, but different. <laughs> I love my curls. <laughs> okay. Well, we all love your curls. Okay? <laughs> so um, coming up, we decided that it would be fun, since we took the food schmooze on the road, <laughs> to walk through with our guide, Marco, we walk through all the appliances, the islands, to see what's new. And this new style mm. in kitchen design, which um, is to be easy on the eye above the island. You know, to do a kind of minimal cabinet treatment, and everything is down below, except there are these drawers so that you're not mm -hmm. on your hands and knees going into things. So even the refrigerators and the freezers are in drawers. Um, yeah. Maybe there are columns that hide all the refrigeration and freezers are all hidden. You're going to hear this 
in our next segment. Cool Very quickly, Chris, yeah. you did mashed potatoes mixed with mashed squash. And yeah. we, can, so good, can you it? tell us? We've right, got the recipe. Fuchmus.org. Let's take one butternut squash, cut it in half, seed it, throw it in the oven with a little salt and pepper and olive oil, and let it roast till it gets soft. And then take uh, a cut, like a couple pounds of potatoes, throw that in a pot, add water, boil that till they get soft. And then I mash them together in a bowl. So I take the squash and scoop it out of the skin. And then I mash the potatoes up in that, add a little extra virgin olive oil and some sea salt, and that's it. Okay. Right? So, it's as simple um, as that. And it, it makes them lighter. So there was no some, butter, just olive no, oil. No, just extra virgin olive oil and Beautiful. a little bit of sea salt, and that's it. So yeah. for people who like, uh, you know, lower carbs or yeah. whatever your issue might be. Um, the squash gave it a color. Yeah, they, a little were, like, yeah. they were like he a yellowish. Right, yeah. yellow. Yeah. It was like so they were butter Yukon gold. I loved it. I yeah. really, really the loved it. The flavor was amazing. So really that was. is at our website, foodschmooze.org. Kitchen tour coming your way. We're excited to have you go to the website to see our videos, thanks to the CPTV crew. It's really quite cinematic. Yeah. <laughs> um, you will see us pulling things in and out, telling you the four easy steps to make this year's special recipe, a food schmooze original, which is Provencal crusted beef tenderloin sitting on top of a square of puff pastry comes straight from the supermarket and a red wine sauce, just a little bit of inexpensive wine and butter and pepper and salt and just a couple of other things and you're good to go and you drizzle it all over the top. And what a holiday meal this is, whether it's for Hanukkah or Christmas, for New Year's, whatever it might be that you're celebrating. And the wine for that pan sauce, I wanted to say, use an old bottle that you have left over. If you didn't finish yeah. a bottle, don't throw sure. that stuff away. Save it, keep yep. it in the cupboard, and when you go to make a pan sauce, That'll use that old red sauce. wine. Absolutely. It doesn't. It's okay if it's oxidized. Yeah, Could you use totally. that old red wine mm. for this sauce, oh, yeah. Chris? I only use old red wine or wine that's just a little. So don't, past you don't go out and buy wine for sauce. No, not at home. I always have a little bit left over. How here long can it stay under the sink? Oh, well, months. Months. If it gets a little sour, it's okay. Oh. That it gets oxidized, off. which yeah, is it totally all, it fine. But it doesn't make your sauce like vinegar. No, it just makes it so yummy. We keep. Mix yeah. them all together. I or? put it in a. Yeah, I learned that from my mom. She always had a bottle that she kept adding more wine to, and that was the cooking oil. Yeah. Whatever's left over. Wow. Yeah. That's such and a if good we don't tip. finish a prosecco or cava, yeah, we do the same thing. We yeah. save it. Okay, I love all of you. Thank you so much for the the road trip. I'm with Alex Province, Mark Raymond, Chris Prosperi on the road with the food schmooze coming up. We're going to take a kitchen tour. You are going to have so much fun. Stay with us. If I could bottle this up, bottle, bottle this up, I would. I would bottle this up, bottle, bottle this up, I would. Cause you're gorgeous in this moment. If I could bottle this up, I would. Baby, you're like lightning in a bottle. I can let you go now that I got it. This is the fun part of the food schmooze. We are on remote. This is the roadshow version of the food schmooze. And we are at Clark Kitchen Showroom 
in South Norwalk, Connecticut, and we're talking with a representative of Clark, Marco Barillon. And uh, the fun of this is to find out what's new in certain sectors of the kitchenware arena. If you're someone who likes to cook or eat, this is like being in a candy store. It's a lot of fun. Welcome to the Food Schmooth. Thank you so much, Faith. A pleasure to be here. Shall we go on a walk? Of I course, love to stroll. What do you want to show us first? What's new well, in terms of what I'm looking at right now? Let's, let's paint a picture. Sure. Today what we're looking at are some new concepts of refrigeration and cooking cooking that have come to the industry over the years and now give us a lot of different options and potentials on where we place refrigeration and how we potentially are using different forms of cooking, whether it be gas or induction today, and even some unique features and new wall ovens that Wolf has available in the industry. So let, let me jump in right here. Your showroom features, I think, a couple of different brands mainly. Yes. That would be Wolf and Sub-Zero. Precisely, those are the two core brands that we represent. We also have a dishwasher line, ASCO, um, an ice maker line, Scotsman, yep. a wonderful faucet custom line, uh, Waterstone from California, and other ancillary brands that are here to support our team and, and what so, we do. So before before we take our little tour, here's the part that really thrills me, that you can come here as we have done on the show, and you can cook on these appliances to see if you feel comfortable with the setup, if you feel comfortable with the stove. I just think that is a revolutionary concept. Exactly. So throughout New England, we have three locations that clients can come to without being pressured into purchasing anything whatsoever. Because you don't sell them. We do not sell them to the end user. We sell through the retail channel. And what we do in our showrooms is we create unique kitchens, um, different styles, different concepts of those, with all of our products live, and chefs there to assist the client in testing a grill, testing a griddle, seeing the performance of bake versus convection, what potentially a wall oven does versus the other option of the brand. And that's really what the showrooms are about. Let's stroll. This is the, this is the really fun part. If you're into cooking and appliances and uh, thinking of them as both art and science, this is really a lot of fun for us. So we're going to try and paint pictures, Marco, Correct. right? So directly behind us, a great example is one of Sub-Zero's new refrigeration units. These are called uh, columns, where now we're separating the fridge from the freezer location and giving clients the option of either ganging them together, building larger um, refrigeration and freezer concepts, or just the opposite. When we start to eliminate walls in a kitchen, we now say, let's start with a 30-inch single refrigerator, and then to supplement the freezer, we might add a set of freezer drawers in an island or another location to give them freezer there. And that allows them flexibility in opening up that room in that space. It also allows them flexibility as well in increasing the potential amount of storage that they have, usually where a very large appliance would have been. So the thing that I'm seeing in here is that as you pointed out when we walked through when we first got here, I have no idea where refrigerators, freezers, certain appliances are held because everything looks like furniture. Is that the trend? Is the idea to make the kitchen less busy? Open kitchens are so popular. Open kitchens are the concepts and they're technically open to that uh, great room, family room space. 
And what that means is that we try to place point of use refrigeration, which means we may put a beverage center close to the family living space. We may put a set of refrigerator drawers close to the living space so that the other family members can go ahead and access those for fruits, snacks, bottled beverage storage, and not have to go into the main core or the large refrigerator freezer to get what they need. I'm looking at a wall. It looks like a regular column. You have a mirror on the front in two sections, but think of a column that is mirrored in a very tasteful way with beautiful molding. And I noticed there's a handle. It's a handle. So, if, if, so we open, that door, if we pull that door, if we pull that door open, yeah. what you'll find behind Which is what I'm doing. that mirror oh. panel is a 30-inch column refrigerator with a pure air filtration system, something that removes ethylene gas, bacteria, virus, and mold from the refrigerator, and the ability also of getting an internal water dispenser that's flush within the side wall of the machine. So what we see here are two columns that are separated. One is fridge with a mirror, and one is oh. freezer with a mirror on the opposite oh. side. And in between, can it's I say? It's framing in the cooking appliance in between. It's creating okay. that hearth that's drawing you in as the backdrop of the great living space, family room space, and kitchen. So, Marco, here's my question for you. There's so much debate in the design world about how the ideal kitchen is set up. Mm -hmm. And um, you can find that you have, you know, space, but that everybody's kind of ends up crowding around a certain space, near the sink, whatever it might be. Yes. What, what are your thoughts, having been so connected to a showroom with all these various designs and beautifully designed spaces here at, at Clark in South Norwalk? What's your thinking about the least crowding if two people or more are trying to cook? If two people or more are trying to cook, we either increase the size of the cooking surface for them so that when they're together, they can have at least three feet or potentially four feet width of cooking surface. And we do that in multiple ways. We either do that with a very large professional range or range top, or we can do that with residential sleeker products like cooktops and then adapt different modulars to them. And what I mean by that is we can take an induction 30-inch cooktop. We can then put a drop-in steamer directly next to it. And that helps that end user by separating one cooking source from another and somebody could doing one thing while the other is doing something else on that same surface. Talk to me about this thing that when I mention it to chefs like Chris Prosperi, he becomes very excited. It's called the simmer burner. Mm -hmm. We hear from people all the time that they're trying on simmer to even lower their burners further. That is something that's fairly unique with our brand Wolf. That is an exclusive for us where we actually designed all of our cooking surfaces um, starting as long as uh, 16 years ago to be able to give that end user flexibility and not having to shift that stock pot or pan from one large burner to a smaller size burner for simmering, but they can literally leave it at that same burner. And we have a burner now that has upper tier for sauteing and searing. Mm -hmm, I and see then that. And beneath it is a separate gas feed and smaller ports. And that is a dedicated simmer burner that allows us to start at a simmer high or a simmer low. And literally that will hold butter in a melted state for five hours 
It can hold chocolate in a melted state for literally days if we wanted to. So the benefit allows that end user to say, okay, I don't have to take that heavy item and ship it to another location. I could utilize the same burner in that location. That's available on electric cooking surfaces, gas cooking surfaces, and the new rage today, which is induction. Oh, I can't wait to talk about this. Here's what's going on. I'm Faith Middleton, and we are at the Food Schmooze on the Road, and we are at Clark Kitchen Showroom, which is in Norwalk, Connecticut. They do not sell appliances, but you can come here to the showroom to look at things, touch them. You can even cook on them to see how it feels to you. And Marco is doing a walk around with me, which is completely fun if you're into food. This business about induction. My sister has an induction stovetop, and I'm a little bit old school about gas burners because it feels to me instinctive that I can look at the flame and control the flame. She swears by the induction. Uh, can you explain the difference? The difference between a smooth top electric surface and an induction surface is the way that it's utilizing energy with the vessel above it. An electric surface is going to provide radiant red heat to the bottom of a stock pot or pan. And if we've owned one of those appliances over the years, we've noticed that once we get to a very high temperature or rapid boil, it takes a significant amount of time for that rapid boil to go down to that low point, as you mentioned before, that simmer function. So, so I just hold the pot in the air until it adjusts. Or we take it off the burner and then place it back on the burner if it's electric. So what is induction? How is induction different? Consequently, induction is different in that there is a magnetron underneath the glass surface. There's actually a magnetron. like a made-up name? It, it isn't. It's, it's similar to what we have in microwaves. However, it doesn't uh, generate as much radiation. It's a magnetic driver that reacts with the vessel itself. And what I mean is the molecules in the pan start to move around, and thus the pan becomes the energy source or the heat source. So if it takes a long time to go from a rapid boil to a straight steam on electric, it literally is something that is instant on induction because once we have it at a rapid boil and we say we want to go to simmer, when we touch simmer, it stops the energy to the vessel Mm -hmm. and that vessel literally stops whatever it was doing before there. Mm -hmm. The efficiency numbers are staggering. Because it is focused generated heat on induction, we get 65% more efficiency. We can boil water even faster than our large power burners of 15,000 to 18,000 or even potentially 20,000 BTUs. So 20,000, wow. And then there's one wonderful factor about it, the fact that it is the easiest thing to clean because the burner ah, that's my question. doesn't generate the heat. If I splatter grease or something falls onto that glass, it has no ability of baking into the glass as it would with a straight electric surface. Ah. So once we're done cooking, we wipe it down quickly and move about our day. So here's something that I'm noticing here in the last five minutes of of our segment. I know a lot of um, architecture design people. I was just with someone from Deborah Burke Architects in New York, and um, they were, you know, talking about doing uh, their interiors department, kitchens without upper cabinets and... And when I'm here with you, I see a reference to that. 
instead of these rows of upper cabinets, you've got these long columns that, in fact, when you open them, they're mirrored and beautiful molding. You open them up. And so what is the marriage between design, functionality, What's I think we all here? know over the years that sometimes those upper cabinets are very, very difficult to get into. They're hard to reach. And usually the secondary uh, type of living spaces where we've lived in that space for a while, now we decide we want something cleaner in visual. We want something a bit more transitional or contemporary in design. And thus we go back to those wonderful refrigerator, freezer, drawer systems that Sub-Zero has. Yeah, I love that. Allowing us to say, let's start with something that looks like furniture and keep it under counter and then build okay. the amount of fridge or freezer oh, we oh need all You're driving me counter. crazy because we're almost running out of time. Can we open one? Here's This is what's like a regular drawer. Correct. And I open it. Yes. And what have I got? What you've is got it, is This is a cabinet. Yes. I'm so where's our refrigerator area? Okay, we're going to walk fast, fast, fast. But what about space, Marco? Am I going to get as much refrigeration and freezer space, or is this an add-on to the freezer and refrigerator? It could potentially be both. If we're eliminating okay, all of those a upper drawer, cabinets, which is loaded then with we soda. don't have the ability of doing a tall <laughs> item somewhere. Yeah. And that's when we'll say, let's start with a very large three-foot-wide set of drawers. Where's the freezer? And then right next to it, it could be in a different location. Oh. And now, what would I want in here, which is on an end of the island? You know, I have more and more of our clients purchasing fresh goods on a daily basis, meaning that we are not really freezing proteins any longer. We're cooking them. We're cooking them. We're going to the store, we're buying that fresh protein, we're then bringing it home and cooking it. So we don't technically need as much freezer as we did in the past. The smaller freezer drawers are going to give you the same capacity as what a Sub-Zero 36-inch over-under freezer would give but you. If you're someone like me who would buy, you know, a, ha a half of a pig, mm. I could have the regular refrigerator and freezer, mm -hmm. and then I could have this extra space Precisely. over here. And we could do that in the island either for produce next to your prep sink. We could do yeah. that for supplemental storage wow. of wow. your needs that you have. We can even make it a beverage center zone where we give you bottom freezer with ice maker, and then the upper drawer can be a refrigerator for your bottled <laughs> beverage storage. So you can kind of design it any way you want. You truly can, especially with the different sizes that are available today. Wow. What a treat. This has really been so much fun. I see why, you know, we make these purchases. We don't know how it will actually function in our space. I see the wisdom of coming to a place like this and bringing food. And or we can provide the food. But in addition, our consultants are very aware of kitchen layout. And they can at least help the consumer or the client place and position the large appliances within that kitchen space prior or even during their kitchen design process. Okay. So for us as a team here on the Food Schmooze, it is the most, most fun to do this. And you're, you're a very gracious and wonderful guy. Thank you very much. It is our absolute pleasure, and thank you for coming. Marco Barillon of Clark Kitchen Showroom. We're in South Norwalk, Connecticut. It's like kids in a candy store overnight just trying things out, cooking, doing videos, which you can see at foodschmooze.org. You know our slogan, never eat more than you can lift. Special thanks to senior producer Robin Doyon Aiken in South Norwalk, Connecticut. I'm Faith Middleton.
Thanks for listening to the podcast on your schedule. And when you need a little party in your life, we're here and online all the time at foodschmooze.org. And of course, also on Facebook at Faith Middleton Food Schmooze.